In the day-to-day -day trenches of adult life, there is no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And an outstanding reason for choosing some sort of God or spiritual type thing to worship, be it Jesus Christ or Allah, be it Yahweh or the wicked mother goddess of the four noble truths or some infrangible set of ethical principles, is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. Never feel you have enough. It's the truth. Worship your own body and beauty and sexual allure, and you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally plant you. On one level, we all know this stuff already. It's been codified as myths, proverbs, cliches, bromides, epigrams, parables, the skeleton of every great story. The trick is keeping the truth up front in daily consciousness. Worship power, and you will feel weak and afraid, and you will need ever more power over others to keep the fear at bay. Worship your intellect, being seen as smart, and you will end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out. The insidious thing about these forms of worship is not that they're evil or sinful. It is that they are unconscious. They're default settings. They are the kind of worship you just gradually slip into day after day, getting more and more selective about what you see and how you measure value without ever being fully aware that that's what you're doing. And the world will not discourage you from operating on your default settings because the world of men and money and power hums along quite nicely on the fuel of fear and contempt and frustration and craving and the worship of self. My name is Phil Nelson, one of the pastors here. We're so glad you're here. This is a special day, isn't it? Yeah. I just wanna just run a tap into the Father's heart today. We, we're in our fourth week of a series called Let's Fight. And it's a creative way of kind of segueing from our series before this called A Call to the Church, which we address some really hot button issues that are going around in our world that are very in incredibly controversial. But it's a call to us who call Jesus as Lord in our lives, who would say we're a Christ follower. We have the Holy Spirit, the presence of God living inside of us. It's a call to wake up. 
And so this series, Let's Fight, was birthed out of the thought, okay, how do we respond? How do we respond to the sexual immorality all around us? How do we respond to the death by overdose and addiction? How do, how do we respond to marriages that just aren't happening? They're ending way too prematurely and they're just ending, shall we say. How do we respond to the young woman who the man who got her pregnant is no longer involved or maybe he is involved and he doesn't know what to do and they don't know what to do and they're hopeless and they don't have a support system and they don't have a job and yet how are they gonna support this little baby? What do we do to respond to the desperate need that is all around us? And so we tapped in the first two weeks to truth. First and foremost, we have to understand what truth is. It is exclusive. That means something's right and something's wrong. If it's not exclusive, it means we're all right and we're all wrong at the same time. And so we need to look to the word of God that hasn't failed, isn't going to fail, and will never fail. But it's not just a written word. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit and it was written by God the Father and Christ the Son who is Lord over all. And this word is not just on paper, but it's in our hearts and it's confirmed by the Spirit of God. It's confirmed by the Scripture. It's confirmed through prayer and it's confirmed through other believers who have the Spirit of God living inside of them. So the Word of God and the example that Jesus gave us are very clear in how we are to respond to the brokenness and the darkness around us. And so we need to pursue truth in order to understand how to respond. The reality, ladies and gentlemen, is that we are at war. We are at war. And if we're going to fight this war, we need to understand who our enemy is, what kind of fight it is, and what kind of weapons we have, and how we use those weapons to fight the battle that we're fighting. Ephesians 6 says, we do not fight with flesh and blood, but a powers and principalities. It says, put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers, evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly realms. So we looked at the absolute truth of God and the biggest thing that we have to take with us with the truth of God that holds everything together if you don't have the truth in your life, everything falls apart. That's why Paul said, put on the belt of truth so you don't have pants to the ground because you look like a fool. Should write a song about that. Um, but we have to learn not just to know the word. You know many people around you who know scripture better than you. 
but it's up here. It hasn't captured here. When you get to heaven and you quote every single scripture that God gave you, and it never activated here, he's not gonna say, well done, my good and faithful learner. You know everything about me. He's gonna say, I don't know you. It's well done, my good and faithful servant who knows my word and does it. We have to allow it to activate. So we learn it, we understand it, and then we allow that to drive our values, our decisions, and everything we do. Last week, we simply scraped the surface of learning what a life of worship is, built on truth. And when it's built on truth, and it's not just a song, it can shake the mountains and this infrastructure around you. It will change your atmosphere. It will change your heart. It will change you. And Jesus says that his father is looking for people who will worship him in spirit, by the Holy Spirit aligned with God's heart and with truth. Romans 12, verse one, we looked at this last week and I'm just setting a foundation for what's to come real quick. Romans 12, one and two tells us what worship is. Could you guys do me a favor? Cause you sounded incredibly awesome while singing. Mm-hmm. Could you read this with me? Ready? I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Keep going. That by testing, what is good. And then Colossians 3. Can we go there? Let's do this again. Ready? Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord. So we're gonna have this panel who led you in worship today, the worship leaders, but they live out worship. They're imperfect, broken people that have allowed the Holy Spirit to take residence and begin to heal and mend their hearts. And I can't wait for them to just share their hearts for you. But I want you to do one thing before we enter this discussion. I'd I'd like to challenge you to erase the canvas of what you've been taught through the years of worship. We're not gonna add another man's philosophy of worship, but I feel like throughout the last probably 200, 500 maybe years in our country, and I don't, I don't know about other countries, but in our country, we've gotten away from what God designed worship to be. And now we have all these different problems that we've been addressing. And we say, how do we respond? Well, we have a worship problem. We talked about that the last six weeks. We have a worship problem. So we need to fix that first and everything else I believe will fall into place. Erase what you've learned. 
and look to the scriptures because it doesn't say that coming to a building on Sunday with lights and haze, even though why do we do that? We do that to create experiences, not just for you, the believer. We want to reach the unreached. We want to draw in people who don't know Jesus. Because it says as you worship and lift up Jesus, he will draw all men to himself. We're living in the 2000s where creativity and visual draw our generation, move our generation. Try going six days without listening to any music. Some of you can, but I guarantee you if you're 40 years or less, you probably cannot. (laughs) It drives our culture. So as a church of Jesus Christ, we're gonna be in the front of the wave of culture. And we're gonna hit people at their front door with worship and with Jesus. That's why we do what we do, but it's not worship just to come to a building and have a sacred place that calls worship. You know what the sacred place is? I'm sorry, team, I'm starting to work, just starting to preach. You know what, here it is. What the sacred place is, you. If you have Christ in you, you are temples of the Most High God. In the Old Testament, the temple was sacred. In the New Testament, there is no temple building. It's the people of God. So how are you living a life of worship? I'm so glad you asked. We have Lainey Yelverton, the better half of Daniel. Yelverton, Pastor Daniel. We have our... Uh, awesome worship director, uh, Brent Smith, who has probably grown the more, the most that I've seen a young man in Christ grow in the last two years into his skill, into his craft as a, a father and a husband, as a friend. Um, he's the real deal. And then Sean is one of our newest members to the team, uh, but he's not new to the worship side. And uh, he has led worship in many different locations and different areas. And this man, no, we, we would meet for dinner, what, about four years ago, five years ago. And our first night of worship we did here in 2014, him and his uh, team back then uh, were a part of that night of worship. So we're just so glad you guys are here. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass the baton to you three with just kind of maybe giving us a taste of what you have experienced or what you have learned about worship, maybe where God has brought you and, and directed your paths on uh, understanding the life of worship. So yeah. go ahead. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll go first. Um, yeah, leader. Uh, yeah, I mean, God has really opened my eyes to what worship was. I, I just knew the word really before I came here and became involved in this church and this worship ministry. And um, just opened my eyes to so much of what it is. I've spoke before a little bit to many of you about, I used to look at worship like, that seems like it's gonna be a boring eternity to just sit there and just go, you know? (laughs) But, But I've learned so much that that's not what it is at all. Worship is, it's connecting with the Heavenly Father. And the biggest thing that I can say about it is it's intentionality in your everyday life to to connect with him, and even if you're not 
feeling fully connected with him. Do things that you do in your day to honor him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a genre of music for sure, worship is, especially nowadays. It's a huge genre that people are really coming to know. Um, and worship is part of, or uh, music is part of worship. We are called many, many times in the word of God to worship him, to sing songs, to dance, to do these things, uh, to, to music. But there's so much more to it um, in life and living your life. And I'll give credit to um, uh, Dennis Morris. He was a um, mentor of mine for a while. He still is, but uh, we met for about a year on a regular basis. And, and one of the biggest things that I remember him telling me was talking about storing up treasures in heaven. And, and that's such a form of worship because it's, it's what he explained it to me as the, as the example was, if you're in a restroom, a public restroom, nobody else is in there with you and you see paper towels and just filth all over the floor, pick that up, put it away, do something, but do it with honoring God in mind when you do it. And, and that's a small example of, in my mind, what, what worshiping God is. And, and everything that you do, do it to honor him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're all imperfect, as, as Phil said. We are not, every one of us up here, we're all sinners and broken, just like everybody else in the world. But um, if you can do that and you can continue to move forward in that in your life, you'll develop habits, you'll develop things that keep you connected more and more with the Father. Um, praying, praying without ceasing, always just speaking to the Holy Spirit, checking with Him in anything that you're doing. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've driven here on Sunday mornings and I'm just in the car praying, listening to music, to worship music, and I'm just going, Father, what do you want us to do this morning? Mm. Being intentional and saying, okay, we have this planned and we feel like that's what you told us through the week, but can you please verify that? Can you please say, yes, that's what I want you to do? Or say, no, that's not what I want you to do. And then you need to have the obedience and the ability to go, let's scrap it. Yeah. You know, I love even as an example today of just our time in worship. It was not what we rehearsed at all. No, <laughs> and it was just pleasing to the Father. That happens a lot up here. You just yeah. might not know it. <laughs> yeah. uh, any anyone else? Sean? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I love your heart as, and your story. Well, you know, anyone, you know, if you know me, um, I'm not one who likes the light, and this really, I'm like sweating. It's really hot up here right now. <laughs> He's extremely. But he I came know this that. morning. I said, "How you doing?" He goes, "I am so nervous." Oh man, yeah, this. But I, I understand that you know what we're doing. We're sharing from our hearts, and it does glorify God. And and uh, you know, I, I definitely enjoy and love being a part of that. Um, but you know, to speak about worship, you know, it's it's definitely. Um, it's about the experience of, you know, um, experiencing the presence of God and recognizing that Jesus um, rescued us from death and gives us hope. And um, to kind of go with that a little bit, I used to play in, in some bars and, and, you know, some nightclubs um, years ago. And uh, that's, that's the place where I, I heard God speak to me for the first time. It was in Elmer's down the road here. Um, I think it was where I went through a few names, Gators. Yeah, wait a minute. Gators. You know, it's it, it so. just, I'm, I have to stop. Yeah. yeah. Where did God speak to him? Exactly. In a dark place. Yeah, yeah very Never. true. But that experience. Which is now the exchange, right? Which is now the exchange. <laughs> the exchange, oh. the lie for a truth. God has Amen. the final say, yeah. doesn't he? <laughs> it's awesome how God moves. But uh, I remember this night. I remember this night very well. It was a Saturday night. And it was after midnight. And we come up. We were getting ready to do our last set. And 
you guys, I'm, I'm not crazy. I wasn't drinking that night. You know, I, I didn't drink a whole lot of it. Trust me, I wasn't. But uh, I remember hearing the voice of God so plain. It's like everything around me slowed down, went into slow motion, and God said, Sean, what are you doing here? And I'm, I started looking around like, Who's, who just said that? <laughs> so I, I started playing, you know, just continued playing, and it happened again. It was just a slow motion. It's like everything just zoned into this one thing, and, and Sean, what are you doing here? I have greater plans for your life. And that, man, I tell you, I went home, and I bet I, when I tried to sleep that night, that was still on my heart and on my mind. And so I thought, you know, um, I'm going to get a hold of um, Pastor that I knew at the Blanchester Church in Nazarene, um, Pastor Paul Chris. I was going to call him Monday. I said, you know, because I just needed to talk with him. There's something that I, I felt like I needed to ask him. That Sunday evening, he called me. And we hadn't been to this church in probably two years. So I'd only met him like one time. And he said, Sean, he said, God placed it on my heart over this weekend that, you know, we're doing this Saturday night youth service. And I knew you played guitar. And I, you know, I just felt led to call you and ask you, man, that was, that was a God moment. Yeah. So leading, you know, moving forward, that was in 2003, the summer, um, spring of 2004, is when I got saved. That's when I gave my heart to the Lord. And, and I tell you, it took about five hours for me to do that. I was sitting there because I kept thinking, no, I'm not good enough. No, I'm, I don't follow through with commitments. No, I'm not. It was Satan. He was in my head. He was trying to get a hold of me in this way. But God used a song called Voice of Truth in that moment. said, I am the voice of truth. Listen to me. Mm. And that's all it took, man. And then tears wept. And I'm like, Lord, forgive me. Mm. Um, wow. But that's, you know, that's been the journey for me, you know, starting in 2004 to, to lead up to where I am today. And I just, I give God all the praise. And all the glory. He's worthy of our praise. Wow. Yes. Lainey, what, what about you? Ooh, what about me? Holy I was sitting Spirit. up here like reeling, and I'm like, Holy Spirit, gotta come through. Um, yeah, real life guys, sweating, my legs aren't shaved. It's just... There we go, worship in true form. Well, you know, the burning bush said to Moses to take off your shoes, you're standing yes. on the ground. Yes, I don't like, I just feel restricted in shoes depending on what they are, so you'll see me barefoot up here a lot. So how did you become such a traditional worshiper and stoic I'm like you are? I'm super in the box. <laughs> just uh, share a little Well, bit. fun fact, uh, my mom actually... Uh, Tears already, goodness. My mom, uh, since I was about 14, was the one that brought me in and taught me harmonies and how to lead worship. And uh, we were on team, uh, well, we, for 13. Yeah. She's taught me a lot about worship. Um, so being a part of a worship team for uh, almost half my life. Um, and... I was in a youth band, and, and they brought me up on the main stage at 14, and God loved them and their grace for that because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but I remember I led a solo, and I had my hand in my pocket. <laughs> and the worship leader was, had encouraged me, like, you know, you might want to take your hands out of your pockets. And I'm like, I can worship Jesus however I want to. He receives my heart as I am. And uh, obviously, as you've seen up here, that's changed a little bit. Uh, but honestly, that was a heart thing. And that's where I'm learning most about worship. Um, after I had my daughter, uh, it was just time to step back. And from being up here and 
uh, went, have been going through some health stuff that's caused um, some, some difficulties there. And so a lot of like where I'd find my worship with Jesus up here was taken away in a way or placed to the side for a while. And it was a pretty dark time, just really confusing about like, but my purpose is a worship leader. Like you've called me to a worship leader. You've spoken it over my life many times. What am I supposed to do at home all day with these kids? How do I meet with you here? Um, and that's where he really started to grow me and teach me that not only is he wanting to heal my body, but he's really wanting to heal my heart. And when those things are stripped back, he will get your heart if you let him. That's and so, um, so, yes, we do as a family. I think later we might talk a little bit about, like, what we've learned through that. But um, worship, to me, I had to start finding him in the pockets at home. And what is my anchor is worship through music for sure without a doubt i think we all have a source that we get to jesus the quickest sure. and i think that's something that he's instilled in each one of us and it looks very different it might be going on a run I'm very thankful he does not meet me on runs because we would not meet very often um so i'm grateful that he said laney i'm not gonna let you be a runner uh, we'll meet somewhere else in the quiet places um and so for me, it is worship. So we've actually learned as a family to, uh, when we just feel like it's, it's, the series is called fight, you know, we have a war that we're fighting. And, and honestly, the quickest way that we win or fight is actually when we stop trying to fight ourselves and we yeah. stop striving as a family. And, and we'll turn up on YouTube, on our TV, we'll stream a video of watching people worship. We'll just let that play through our house. My son will get his guitar and he'll sing and my daughter raises her hands. They're three in one. And we've just learned that for our family, we are growing worshipers through our children and prayer warriors. And so that's probably what reminds me the quickest of who I am in Jesus so that whatever else I'm doing, cooking or changing a diaper or going outside or driving in the car or changing my son or taking him potty, all of those things live out of that place and, and it manifests itself and worship through that. Um, so I think for me, like I'm learning worship is so not this. Although it is and it's a beautiful experience, I feel like we meet with Jesus in such a special way, but I believe that worship is truly the behind the scene moments that you have with Jesus by yourself. Yeah, it's amazing to me still, it's still alarming to me uh, how, especially the American culture, if you ask your normal church goer, what is worship, uh, a huge percentage I mean, we're talking very high. I don't know specific numbers, so I don't want to give you false information, but would say it's music on Sunday morning. It's singing songs. For some of you, that just messes with you because you don't like music and you can't carry a tune. And so you're like, okay, obviously God didn't give me a gift of worship. That is so far from the truth and is a lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> And so we all have expressions of worship. And I love what Lainey said because some of you have a gift of taking two pieces of wood and glue and like making like an incredible church. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm exaggerating, of course. But some of you have the gift of craftsmanship. Some of you ladies can make beautiful things. And when you do that, 
It brings such pleasure to God, like you say, in running. Uh, can we, talk, let's just even uh, embrace that, mm-hmm. a lifestyle of worship. I, I was talking to Brent this week, and, and Brent, Brent made a statement that really got me thinking. He said, you know, when we say a lifestyle of worship, that's really vague. It's very general, and sometimes it, it sounds boring, right? But just, just look at the illustration with diets. You know, we're, we're obsessed with diets, One diet after the next, if that doesn't work, we get tired of that, we go to the next, we go to the next. Well, a lot of health movements now that are effective and working are saying it's not about a diet, it's about a lifestyle of choices. From one choice to the next choice, from the right healthy decision to the next healthy decision. Does that make sense? The same thing goes for our worship. It's not about just one thing. It is about a consistent life of choices that pleases God's heart. Yeah. Uh, Sean, you had a scripture, uh, Galatians 5, with the, um, the Passion Translation. Could you, yes. could you read that? I think it's on the screen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in, in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Where's singing in there? I didn't see singing in there. <laughs> can can so, you just share a little so bit? Yeah, I, I, um, and to kind of go with that, add to this, um, I don't know if anyone knows John Egan. He's a uh, worship pastor with New Life Worship. And um, he made this remark, and, and this, I, want, I wrote it down because I, I want to make sure I get it right. Um, but he said, when we sing by way of responding to God, we are singing our way into seeing him. We are singing sickness into healing. We are singing darkness into light. And we are singing our fears into faith. See, we're not just singing songs, mere, you know, just words, but we're believing what we're singing. You know, we, we actually believe that and, and we're worshiping that. You know, we're, 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 not just, um, we're not just singing songs just to be singing. We actually, you know, we just, we do, we believe what we sing. And, and that is, just, that's powerful. That's powerful. I think too is, I, I mean, what would you guys say is, is if, uh, what, what would happen in our lives and us as a church if we started looking at worship as starting from within starting from our perspective from when we wake up, from the choices we make, from the things that we do, the things we touch, the people we interact with, what would change? Everything. I mean, I think there would be so much transformation in people's lives because worship, it's a lifestyle. It's also a position of your heart. (laughs) And if you position your heart in the right place, you're gonna be connected with the Holy Spirit and that's going to flow through you. When we speak about the light of Jesus shining through us to the world, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's being connected with him and following his instruction and letting the spirit move through you and that changes everything. When I think of lifestyle, I think of like out and about and going to jobs and stores and all of these things and I just wanna to speak to the moms and, and dads, stay-at-home dads, um, who here knows it's hard to get out of the house with kids, little kids? <laughs> Cast and show hands. It's a real deal. It's a real struggle. Um, and, I, and when I, like I said earlier, when I stepped off the stage for a season, 
I really struggled with, well, how am I living <laughs> this worship? How can I live? I hang out with the same two little kids that don't talk back to me all day long. And um, the lie that says that we have to go be, <laughs> I shouldn't say it's a lie. I think it's put in a category that seems unreachable sometimes that we have to go be. But being with our children and ministering to our children, that is raising up the next generation of his kingdom. And it's so important, and it's not without, it's not lacking anything. And so I would say a lifestyle of worship at home, um, it's going to look different. When I see my husband, who's one of the pastors here, he goes and meets with people, and, he, and he's so good at stewarding what the Lord has given him. And he comes home, and he serves us. He's a living sacrifice at home. He doesn't say, sorry, I've worked all day. You've just been home, so, you know, suck it up. It's your turn with the kids. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't do that and, and lives out that sacrifice. Um, but a living worship, or worshiping and um, Doing worship as a lifestyle is just going to look different when you're a stay-at-home mom. It is, but I think that there's a huge lie that it's less than because a lot goes unseen, yeah. and a lot goes without notice. A lot's not recognized. Um, and with my, my health struggles, uh, I've actually had to learn that worship is rest. That's been what the Lord has taught me as a lifestyle is a lot a lot, a lot of rest. And um, I don't think we worship enough through rest. I think that we think we have to worship through doing. And um, although hey that's now, great. You're stepping on my toes. Hey, here. man. <laughs> I know I am. <laughs> um, so true. I think that we think of, yeah, so I think we think of worship and living sacrifices as like going and doing and performing and all, da, 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 all this stuff. And honestly, I think the Lord just wants us to do less and delight in him and do what we can do and not push ourselves um, for me to be a living sacrifice, practically speaking, because I deal with a lot of physical weakness and fatigue, um, is, this is going to sound really silly, is moving slower, is taking my time, is breathing more, taking deep breaths, not rushing into the next thing, not forcing my child into a situation he's not ready for. It's... it's um, Honestly, worship to me is a slower pace, and that probably sounds really silly, but um, yeah. I, think when the, I think when we rest a lot or we're forced in that situation or we're just tired is when our mind is tired, and I've noticed that that's when Satan really tries to get at my mind right. a lot, and I, so I just think it's a process of trusting and learning how to rest and worship and being okay with that and also praying protection over our minds. Um, when we, when we are resting. Does that make sense? Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, and and it does. can I say real quick, Phil, Phil and I yeah. spoke about this a little bit earlier this week too, is something that has really been made clear to me is part of what Lainey was saying here is that's what worship is for her. Yeah. Every yeah. single one of you. God created every one of us differently. And it's up to us to do the work and do the relationship with him yeah. through our daily lives, through the hard stuff, the ugly stuff where we feel like we're 
ashamed because we haven't been committed to him as much and, and all this different stuff, but continuing to come back to him and continuing to connect with him and being intentional about it to figure out what worship is for you, how he wired you and your heart to connect with him. It's different for yeah. every one of us. Yeah, so each is. one of us have to take up that mantle and say, I'm going to, I'm going to put the effort into this and figure out what it is. Yeah. It's worth it yeah. for the rest of your life. This definitely takes an it's intentionality. It is. Yeah. And, I, I, yeah, and I'd like ahead. to say also, if I might, um, I'm just sitting here and I'm reminded of, of Second Chronicles 20. You know, when, when you know, we're in a battle, you know, we, we, still, uh, we still worship God. We trust him and we believe what he's going to do for us. And, and I remember that, you know, in this Jehoshaphat's army were, you know, the, the group that was in the back were the musicians, the worship leaders. And he said, hey, I want you to come forth and lead this army in battle. And they're like, we don't know what to do, only to keep our eyes on God. And yeah. that right there in and of itself is worship, trusting him, believing him. And then the next day for the battle, they send out their worshipers to do the battle. Yeah. So the as lines. they're worshiping, yes. God is taking care of the enemy. And I'll speak to some of you who mm. are in a battle right now where you're trying to fight it in your own yes. strength. And God just says, just worship me. Amen. Just worship me. You know, um, a good friend of mine many years ago told me that, uh, you know, God never... Mm created or designed us to be human doings. We're called human beings because God's called us to be who he created us to be. The enemy brings the lie that we're to do, do, do yeah. in worship. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. Amen. Wow. So wherever you are, acknowledge the Lord and be mindful of him. And welcome him into your home and to your heart. I love my small group. We meet Sundays after church. And uh, hey to my small group peeps if you're out there. Um, we were talking about that last week about worship and being mindful. It's all about really just being mindful of the presence of God in us. If you're driving wherever you're at, it's being mindful of that. I love this. Yeah. No, I, um, actually, I think I might have lost my train of thought. Well, awesome. That's okay. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Here's a quote on um, living every moment. I think it's uh, on here, Tiffany. It's, it's uh, living every moment. Yeah. Um, I don't have it written down. So could you guys read that for me? Thank you. <laughs> Go. That's, that's it. And then the next quote on a black slide by A.W. Tozer, one of my favorites. Could you guys read that? True worship that is pleasing to God radiates throughout a person's entire life. Mm. Do you have any thoughts on that? As far as I know, we've talked about true worship. I think of an illustration for me is now we're into, you know, essential oils and different things like that. It's not, not bad. Like Amen. we have it, we have it infusing in our kitchen all the time. And we had some neighbors, we had some neighbors. What we'll, we'll get, we'll get, yeah, thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll, yeah. Oh, put that last slide back up. Is that good? And we'll, we'll put these on Facebook for you guys too. Sound good? You're welcome. <laughs> no, um, what was I saying? Thank you. Our neighbors came over last night and they couldn't see 
the the vaporizer or the infuser, uh, diffuser. Thank you. Yeah, I sell essential oils. Come to my office. No. Um, You're real good at it, apparently. I know everything about it. Uh, but our neighbors just said, "What is that?" And we're uh, cedar wood and lavender or something like that. And uh, they just said, it smells so good. Where is that coming from? And I feel like that's our life of worship because it's not the, 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 the heart that is really of a sweet fragrance to God is that which is not seen by others. Is not that, hey, look at me. It's like Brent was saying, no one else is around you and you're picking up trash saying, God, I just want to please you. That, then other people are around and they're like, What's that smell? Like, what smells so good? I want that to be said of me. I don't want people to be around me and be like, what's that smell? (laughs) You know what I mean? So anyways, any last thoughts on that before we get into your songwriting? Did you have something else? I have something after. Go ahead, lady. Go ahead. I've, I've got something, but <laughs> and then we'll I, I'm not quite there yet. No, really, I'm not quite there yet. So you okay. guys go and I'm so, going to finish my thoughts. So um, this is not a look at Lainey and what she did. Um, actually, the Lord laid it really strongly on my heart that I, that I was worshiping um, social media a lot at the beginning of the year. And um, it was really corrupting our time as a family, uh, as spouses. It was corrupting. And just re- for me, it was robbing moments to just be moments. And uh, I felt like I had to take my phone and capture a moment or make it a moment it really wasn't supposed to be. And uh, that was my, and I have others I'm, I'm currently working on, but that was a really biggie for me was, was social media, being on my phone and sharing things. And what I didn't realize until after it was gone was I hadn't learned the art of letting something be sacred to myself and it, that be enough. My time with the Lord had to be shared. It had to be exposed way too soon. And, um, and I just think that that was ingrained in me without even realizing it because our minds, when we're on that stuff a lot, it just is wired. It becomes wired that way. And so I had this like detox period of like anxiety of these moments that were really sweet. You know, you have the perfect sun coming back. The kids are running out into the field and, and they're on the swing set and your kid walks for the first time. Like all of these moments that were just beautiful. I was having these, this anxiety of who's, who knows about it? Who's going to know about this moment? And I felt like Jesus was just like, I do. I know this moment. You don't need to spread it thin to other people. It's important to me. It's important to your spouse. Let it just be. And so that became, that then grew into my just still so at a baby level with this, but learning to just be with Jesus by myself and go and be in my closet with him and just be on my knees and let him speak. Sometimes I throw worship music. Other times it's just uh, just his voice. And, um, and so I say that as an encouragement of like, I just really think that robs us of, um, or there are things, it doesn't have to be social media, but there are things in our lives that when we misplace worship to something else that's so void and is dust, it's, it robs our ability to, to fully be with Jesus and let it be enough when it's just you and him. Because I, I promise you, that is where the deepest stuff will take place 
and he will grow you and he will groom you and, and heal your heart so that when you are out being and doing for the kingdom, you're not tripping and falling and stumbling. Is that truth? Is that a lie? What is this? You're going to go, that's truth right there because I, I had that time with Jesus back here and he told me that was truth. That's a lie. I'm, I'm not even giving you the time of day. So that's where I go back to your question of how will we see the effects of that? I think we're, so many of us are just hungry to have deep roots with him so that when we're out and about, we're not just pouring from empty. Wow. Write that down. <laughs> Brent, and yeah, then we'll close out. I just, I wanted to finish up with the thought that I started with because I kind of left it hanging and I think it was intentional, not through me, but through the spirit. So where I said, I, I used to look at worship and think of eternity just going, oh, that just seems so boring. Realizing what worship is and that connection with God, that connection with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, it's the deepest, most rich connection when you're in it and he's just going all channels wide open and you are just in tears and in joy in his presence. That's what I want for eternity. And that is what worship is. It com he's completely changed my perspective from thinking worship was just kind of like, why am I for eternity telling this guy how awesome he is? And now there's been a shift in the position of my heart to where all I want to do for eternity is be in his presence and tell him how awesome he is. That's so cool. I love it. Let's, uh, we are, we're, we're gonna go into our response time and uh, I'm just really excited for you guys to hear this response song because it was written by your own here, Brent and Sean and Ricky and Daniel had a line in yeah. it. It's my favorite line of the song, Daniel. He actually and, had a few more lines in this one yeah. than he did the one before, so and, we'll give uh, a little more credit. Can you just kind of share right now this process of what, what's happening behind the scenes that hopefully we're going to be able to partake in? Yeah, soon. absolutely. So one of the passions and one of the visions that, that we have for this worship ministry is to create, to be able to, and I, coming from Nashville and things that I've done, I've always had a passion for songwriting and creating. And since I've been here, a part of this ministry and then leading this ministry, it's always been on my heart that we were supposed to start a songwriting ministry at some point in time. And we've tried multiple times and it just didn't come together. And I think that the reason is because it wasn't God's timing for it yet. Yeah. Because in the last few weeks, mm. we've started just getting together to write. I got together with um, Sean one day, just he and I, and then Daniel joined us a little bit. Um, and then the next week, Sean and Ricky and I got together and we wrote. And then the next week, Bill and I got together and we wrote. And it's very uncommon, even in professional circles, that if you get together to write a song, that you sit down to write a song and you finish it by the end of your session that day. It usually lasts at least two or three writing sessions to get it right. And God is just moving so powerfully through our songwriting ministry. And it's just the beginning of it to where we've had, I think it was three weeks of writing and we had three songs. Like that's just not common. So it, that is confirmation to me that God's saying it's time. Now go, grow this thing, and I'm going to give you everything that you need. So we're going to do a song here um, to finish up. We, we had another one we were going to do after this one, and we're a little short on time, so we're going to do this one here. Ricky, if you want to go ahead and come on up here. This song was actually Ricky's idea, and he would have been probably a little more involved today in what we've done so far, but he was out of town for business, and we weren't sure if he'd be back today or not. So we had to kind of plan without him. But this song, the idea came from him. He came into this meeting with uh, Sean and I, and... Um, we were like, what, what do you have, Ricky? You got any ideas or anything? And he said, well, I have this one. And it was thing. basically, 
except the song. for a couple lines. It was basically there's three verses in the song, all three verses. We just had to come together and figure out what the chorus should say and fill in those spaces and stuff. So um, all credit to Ricky. He brought a lot of this in. But um, this one, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but let me grab my guitar here. But this one's yeah. called uh, Always and Only for My King. And While you're grabbing the guitar, uh, one challenge I'd like to leave with you is wherever you go, especially when it comes to singing on Sunday mornings when you come here, if you don't know the song or if you don't desire to sing, can I challenge you to just enter in whatever environment, whatever you're doing? Maybe it's a group getting together to pray and you just don't know what to pray, you don't know how to pray. Can I just challenge you to just enter in no matter what? You may not know the melody, you may not even know the song. Can you just enter in and just, God, here's my heart. Here's my heart. Everything that I am is yours, everything. I align my heart, I align my life with you. And let this song minister to each and every one of you. Yeah, and we want the songs that we're writing and creating to honor God and to, and to speak to your lives, to speak to where the church is the church. It's everybody who's a believer in Christ. It's not just Elevation Community Church, but we are all a family here and we want this songwriting ministry to speak to what our body wants to say and needs to say to God and needs to hear from God. This one's, this one hopefully will do that.
thank you, Lord. The power of worship, just as incense, it changes you and it arises to the throne of God, but everyone else around you can smell that fragrance. And there are also the environment and the atmosphere around you has changed. I hope you can take at least one key element from today's discussion and begin a life of worship that doesn't start or end on Sunday, but it starts in the morning when you rise and it continues through your rest at night.